Okay. Are you ready for the word? I'm ready too. Let's, let's go for it. We are concluding today when we encounter God. We have given you so much information of encounters with the Lord. And today we want to talk to you about a man named Moses. As we end this series, as you well know, Moses had divine encounters with the Lord. And I normally don't do this, but I'm going to read very quickly. You can follow along on the screen, but I'm going to read very quickly uh, a lengthy scripture, Exodus 33, verse 8 through 23, and we're going to uh, just tear this apart and give you some points in this in concluding that you can encounter God. And it is God's plan for you to do so. And it's God's plan for you to learn. Today was a new encounter with the Lord. The anointing of God was here. Verse 8. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses. Notice the term face to face. Well, I thought if you saw God's face, you'd die. Just just wait. We'll, We'll explain that. Face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of the meeting. One day Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name, and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorable on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. The place of this tent, this place of God's presence. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me? on me and on your people, if you don't go with us. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Notice this. This is about God moving them in different areas and his presence going with them. That's what we have today. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you and I know you by name. Moses responded, then you show me your glorious presence. And the Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and and live. The Lord continued, look, stand near me on this rock as my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock. Just remember the word rock. 
I will hide you in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. Wow. That's an encounter, church. That is just amazing. If you're taking notes, write, I met God. When you spell met, spell it this way. Later on, I'll show you. Spell it M period E period T period. Let me pray. Father, thank you that we get to meet you. Amen. Short and sweet, huh? There it is. Father, thank you. We get to meet you. Moses is a preeminent prophet of the day. Moses is a friend of God. Moses also has accomplished or accumulated great relationship equity with God. That's why he could have conversation with God this way. Their relationship stands head and shoulders over any relationship that God had with any other other person or prophet. This relationship began when he saw this burning bush, and it wasn't being consumed by fire. It was miraculous, and it was life-changing. So what we've learned in this series is that encountering God is miraculous, and it's life-changing. At this time in Scripture, Moses was a fugitive, though. Having run away from the Egyptian culture, he was raised in. And the reason is because he had murdered, murdered an Egyptian man who was fighting with a Hebrew man. Moses is out there for 40 years. God encounters him in such a miraculous way. He speaks to Moses and says, I want you to go back to the scene of the crime. Any of you have ever thought, you know, I can never get to this because of what I have done. When you encounter God, there's such a miraculous thing that happened, you can go back to the very scene of the crime. I want you to go back to the place where you messed up, Moses. God wants you to understand your mess-up's not going to hurt you anymore when you encounter God. But you're not going back as a fugitive, Moses. You're going back as my leader. God can absolutely transform you from before being that sinner, being that person that did wrong things, even being a Christian that still had problems with bondages. By the way, next week we begin a new series on I Am Free. We're going to talk about demonic influence. We're going to talk about how to be free from any bondage, and we're going to see this, and we're going to go through this. And I want to tell you, it is a a series that is going to take me up to December. I've already written them all. It's done, ready to go. It's hot on the press, ready to go. And we're going to learn this. We're going to walk in this because now we understand who we are in Christ with encounters with Jesus. He said, but you're not going to go back as a fugitive. You're going to go back as a leader. 
God is the only person who can take something that was bad and then turn it around and make it good. There's hope, church. To go into your problem with passion so that it can be somebody else's breakthrough. It's called a testimony. No matter where you've been, what you've done, what choices you've made, God can use you. Moses goes back and and close to two million people come out of Egypt. He helps two million people become free from bondage. They get to the Red Sea. He raises his hand and the Red Sea splits. They walk over on dry ground. Miracles. This miracle, as Scripture talks about, is type and shadow of Christ. The Old Testament actually is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. I pause there because I know I'm going quick. Things that manifested in the Old Testament are type and shadows, glimpses and hints of what God will do in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, in your life. It is cryptic in the Old Testament. Let me tell you the example. When you see the children of Israel go through the Red Sea, it is a type of shadow of water baptism. We come out of bondage of old life through the water into a new life. The power of God works, and we are released and freed up from bondages in our life because of that power. After the Red Sea, a covenant life begins, a type of the work of the cross. It's a type and shadow of that. When Israel gets on the other side, they begin a journey with God through the wilderness. They are provided for supernaturally. When, when they get hungry, they wake up in the morning with bread. It's called manna. When they get thirsty, even though they complained, uh, Moses speak, you know, spoke to the rock. He said, speak to the rock. And the water gushes out. But bottom line, Moses disobeyed there. And he hit the rock. All right? But bottom line, that water quenched two million people. Moses is a man that had experience after experience that God is with him. That's why Exodus 33 catches my attention regarding encounters or relationship with God. I want you to just really just hold on. I've given you a lot of introduction of Moses. I want you now to really key in on these things because it's going to match your situation. Today is a day, September 11th, 2022. God is going to do something in you, in me, in this church, in our homes, in our businesses. There's something new that is manifesting. And I want you to grab a hold of it. God's speaking to you now. He's encountering you. Moses would go into a tent, not the tabernacle. And literally the cloud would envelop and go into the tent. God would encounter Moses and Moses and God would talk. I don't know about you, but I like that. I like when God talks to me. Can you imagine going into your prayer closet and a cloud goes in with you saying, hi, I'm God. You my friend. I like you, so let's talk. People would come out and and kneel before their tent. Exodus 33 says, 
Moses and God talked face to face. Now, I'll explain that in a moment. Later, Moses asked to see his glory, and God said, you cannot look at my face or you will die. What's the difference? Here's my explanation. When the cloud came, a pre-incarnate Jesus came, like Joshua met the commander of the Lord's army. The pre-incarnate Christ and Joshua fell to the ground in worship. Okay? In Numbers 12, 6 through 8, let me, let me read this to you, and then I'll explain. And the Lord said to them, now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. This is your ability too. I speak to him face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? Remember, they were coming against Moses. Some of his decisions say, you know, we could walk in this too. And, and uh, God confronted them and said that. Deuteronomy 34.10 says, But since you there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. So here's that face to face again. But you can't look at your face. So how's that happen? <clears throat> face to face, it's called an anthropomorphic term. It's like describing a mouth-to-mouth conversation. The cloud came in, and it was like a mouth was there speaking, not literally, but it was Moses hearing God's voice. Okay? Like God was right in front of him. That's why it's saying face-to-face. Straight-out talk and conversation. Not literally that God's face appeared and they were talking. Ezekiel, uh, remember that? He talked about Moses. He talks face to face. With Ezekiel, God spoke to him by showing him wheels, ox heads, and dry bones. I bet many of the day thought Ezekiel was weird. Some of you think that's weird too. But God spoke through that. But with Moses, God spoke Mouth to mouth. The words were there. It wasn't a picture. It was words from God. And that's what Jesus did. He spoke to him. The word spoke to him. That's what he had. And let me tell you, that's what we've learned in this series. You and I have too. But because we don't recognize it, we don't allow these things to be so pure to us, we think God's somewhere, you know, in heaven somewhere and and we can't hear him, and once in a while, if I could just hear his voice, I pray, but I don't hear his voice, because we've been, I mean, to say it to you in love, we've been deceived that we can't do it. We've been deceived that our past will hold us back. We've been deceived that our thinking of the day will hold us back. But when we understand, and we recognize that, and we go to that, that's why every man came out of their tent and knelt down, because they knew of the power of God. But in the Old Testament, it was appointed to one man for God to come upon them. In the New Testament, New Covenant, we have him inside us. So God talked to Moses face to face, having this amazing relationship with each other. Imagine having this with God. Let me give you a clue. You do. 
you have this ability. He had this on a daily basis. Every time he walked into the tent, the glory cloud came in and spoke mouth to mouth. He could hear his words. Or as Scripture said, face-to-face encounter. Later on in the text, we find Moses doesn't seem satisfied with that relationship. Really? I mean, if you and I were in our prayer closet and we could hear God audibly talking back and forth, um, that'd be cool with me. Amen? Every day? Moses said, you're telling me we are going into the promised land, excuse me, but you haven't told me who's going with us. God's answers, and he says, I'm going to go with you. And here's my thought. If God said, I'm going with you, then I'd be good with that. I'd be very happy. God says, I'm going with you. The Bible says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. God's with you, but we don't recognize that. So here is Moses' response to God's answer, I'm going with you. Moses said, I know why we are blessed. He humbles himself. He says, I'm not a great leader. We don't have the greatest army. I didn't come from a great family. Moses is thinking, the only thing that separates us from any other people in the world is this. Your presence is with me. Your presence is with us. And the only difference that we have with anything else, anybody in this world, is we have God's presence. God's presence is with all of us. So this is the reason why you can make it. This is the reason why you will not die. This is the reason why you won't give up. It's because God's presence is with you. And this is what we're doing with this group. We left these chairs up here for a reason. So you remember what this is all about. This is about the presence of God. This isn't about a man or a woman. This isn't about a gift. This is about when we will allow ourselves to uh, the climate, the cultural climate, to rise up during our worship, to rise up during the teaching of the Word, to rise up during prayer, to rise up when we're home doing our journaling and devotions and all the different things. This is what's going to happen. The power of God, voice to voice, mouth to mouth, face to face, God is going to speak to you and me and us, and we will do great things for the kingdom. Let me say this personally. Whatever we are going through is absolutely temporary. And it's setting up the next breakthrough in your life because God's presence is with you. Moses said, if you're not going, I'm not going either. I'm not taking a step if you're not taking a step. Church, we don't move forward unless God is with us. Well, how come we don't do this? How come we don't? Because God didn't say to do it. God tells him again, dude, calm down. I already told you I'm going with you. They were friends. God was talking to Moses like your friends talk to you. God assured Moses, I look favorably upon you. You think the second time he said that, that Moses would finally say, okay, I'm good. 
Moses presses it even further, and here it is. You're going with me, answer, God, yes. Are you really going with me? The answer, God, yes. Then show me your glory. Moses pursues God the way that we should pursue God every single day. Moses had many experiences with God, but never, ever became familiar of his experiences. And I think sometimes we do that in worship. Sometimes we do that with the things of the Lord and the blessings of the Lord. And when, when raises come or, or when tribulation comes and we go through it with joy, and we just, well, that's just how it is in this world. No, let me tell you, never get familiar with the presence of God. Moses said, I just want to know you a little bit more. See, we look at this wrong. How do you have a friendship with God mouth-to-mouth like it talks about? No one else was like Moses. How do you have that when you have a prideful attitude? You don't. How do you have that when you're asking for things you shouldn't ask for? You don't. You don't have it. But when you're like Moses, who really understands the love of God, really understands the, the, the largeness, the huge who God is. I, it's even hard for me up here to explain to you. How do you imagine this creator God and just get familiar with a few things? There's so much more that God has for you. Church family, I don't know how, how long you've known the Lord, but there's so much more he has for every one of you. Pastor Nolan, 60 years, there's so much more God has for you. I want to know you more intimately, Moses says. The word glory means show me the weight of your glory or the distinction. Show me who you are. I want to know more about you. We need to be hungry like that to know more of God and whom he is. Now Moses is thankful for the bread, the manna. He's thankful for the quail, the water. But show me more. I'm not just satisfied with a miracle. See, when God's people really get to the place that miracles are, are normalcy, and in other words, there's more to that than just the miracle, it's relationship with God. It's peace. It's joy. It's emotional strength. Hmm. Our satisfaction only comes by knowing more of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So don't be complacent with your experiences and miracles. Ask for more. Show me more of your glory. Show me more of who you are, God. You know why the world's having problems with identity? Because they don't know God's identity. God's reaction to the ask. The problem, if I show you my glory, there is a side effect. God says, Moses, I love you. And we are friends, but if I show you my glory, you'll die. So I'm going to do this because no one can see my face and live. Get in that rock, Moses. I'll cover you with my hand, but this is another anthropomorphic term, and let the glory pass by. He says, after I pass by, I'll remove my hand and let you see my back parts. A little hilarious um, 
I wouldn't mind seeing God's back parts either. I don't know where your mind went there, but I, I want to see God. The Old Testament concealed, New Testament revealed, Christ is that rock Moses stood in. Christ is our solid rock in which we stand. That is why you can talk with God face to face. That's why mouth to mouth, word to word, you can hear his voice. We come in through Jesus Christ. Moses couldn't because Jesus wasn't born yet. But God gave him a symbol by telling Moses, go step into the rock and see my glory buffered by the rock. That's why Jesus said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Another uh, understanding of that scripture, huh? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Moses' experiences that continued are the experiences we have as a church. Moses continued to hear God and talk with God. So there are three things we need to be able to say that we met God. Three things. Here's what you need. First, we need a miracle. I'm not talking about a physical healing. I'm talking about a miracle only God can do. The miracle is to change our heart. In Luke 5, they lower a paralyzed man through the roof, and they look down and Jesus, and Jesus looks up. Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Jesus says, if it's a choice between healing a body or saving a soul, Jesus said, I'll take the soul. The miracle I'm talking about is a heart change. But everyone listen, healing for the body's there too. Amen. And we need to get to the place where we talk with God, where we see God. We understand the miracle being born again. That's what it takes, being born. If you want to have conversation with God, be born again and know what that means. Israel could not get out of bondage without God's assistance. We cannot get out of the sin by being good. We needed the miracle of God coming in the flesh, being crucified and raising again on the third day. And we look back to that and we have that. So we're born again, the miracle. Here's the second thing. We need to have an experience. Your experiences testify that God is real. Let me give you an explanation. Living life, you will have experiences. But I am talking about living that experience with the Lord. There are a lot of Christians today that live a lot of experiences and they think God's there, but they don't experience everything in their life with God. They experience it outside of God, try to fix it themselves, and then they come to God when they can't handle it anymore. So your perspective of the situation will be corrected going through the experience. See, what I'm telling you is our perspective of being with God needs to change. It needs to be corrected. You have this ability because, listen closely, because you're born again. You're born again. And you have to understand that. I am born again. I can talk with God, and God will talk with me. Bottom line. Nothing else. Nothing else. Not because you're sitting in this chair that you've been recognized as mature in the Lord. It's because you're born again. But your experiences, you need to understand. Remember, I, I said met 
met God, remember M period, E period, T period. Okay, so you need M, miracle. E, experience. Or me, I must experience God. To continue to meet with God, we need a T, though. And here's the third that we need. We need to share our testimony. We need to share our testimony. If there's one thing that needs to change in the body of Christ, we need to stop sharing our edited testimonies. Edited testimonies only preserve our own reputation. Most people, I'm going to say it, I know I'm being strong. Most people give their testimony so they'll look good. My testimony, I was prideful in my own abilities until I finally encountered God. And without God, I'm nothing. That's my testimony, bottom line. You can have your name in the paper. You can be famous. You can have scouts looking at you. You can have all this stuff going on in your life. But until you humble yourself and understand, and in your testimony, your testimony is about others experiencing God. It's not others experiencing you. Then all of a sudden you have this little entourage walking like Hollywood or, you know, uh, stars, movie stars or rock stars or whatever. They got their little entourage. Everybody's walking around, oh, look. And that's where a lot of Christians are with their testimony. They get their little entourage. And I want to say your testimony is, without God, you're nothing. But with God, you're everything he's called you to be. And so when you talk to people about your past, your testimony, you're talking to them, excuse me, wanting them to experience God, wanting them to know God face to face. Wanting them to do that. I, you know, we, we go around all the time and, and we do that. And, and, you know, and let me just apologize to you. I really despise this when other people apologize for other people. And they tell everybody, this is the way you feel, that's why I'm apologizing. Not everybody feels that way. You don't talk for me, right? Okay, I'm not going to go there anymore because of time. But the reality is, is we have to get to the place of understanding that, you know, we have messed up in the church. The leadership of the church has messed up. For all the pastors that are listening to this, we have messed up. We have created a culture in the church where people don't expect encounters with God. They only expect you to tell them about your encounter. And you need to stop that. Whoever's listening, that's for you. The reality is we need to help others with our testimony encounter God. That's what I live for. 
I don't live for my name and paper anymore. I don't live for this. I don't live to be the leader. I don't live to be the boss. I don't live for that. I hate that. I live to be a servant. I can't do everything. That's why we have the body of Christ. I live to serve in the capacity that I am called to serve. Not not to have a chair up on the platform. Again, edited testimonies only preserve our own reputation. Put God in the middle of your mess and he will turn it into a message. Put God in the middle of your mess and he will turn it into a message. Put God in the middle of your test and he will turn it into your testimony. If you put God in the darkest part of your life, the light will shine like the sun and dispel all darkness. <clears throat> let, me, let me close with uh, this verse. Mark 9, verse 2 through 4. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining exceedingly white like snow such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Jesus goes up on the mountain. Moses, who saw his glory, Elijah the prophet, and Jesus is transfigured, and the change is there. Moses and Elijah represents the law and the prophets. And Jesus showed us through the blood of Jesus Christ that we can be clean, not like anybody can launder your clothes, that there's not one thing that can keep you from the plan of God in your life. Give me two more minutes. I'm going to give you the scripture. You've got to hear this. Hebrews 1.3 says, The sun radiates God's own glory, and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command, words. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Wow. Everyone that calls themselves a believer of Jesus Christ have perpetual Everyone say the word perpetual. Miracles and experiences that will give you opportunity to share unedited testimonies. Jesus Christ is our Lord. The Father is love, and the Holy Spirit reveals that to us. I thank God for today. It was a different day, but this day, God has given us, September 11th, 2022, we will begin to move forward and higher in a spiritual climate we have never dreamed about. But I'm going to show you from this pulpit how to get there, the steps to take, the ministry we will have,
the way we guide this church, the way we protect this church, the way we do everything, it's today. Will you join me in this new thing? Will you make a decision to testify of the Lord Jesus Christ to your neighbors and friends? Will you be faithful to the attendance of this church? Will you be faithful to the returning of your tithe, to giving of your offering? Will you be faithful to loving God with all your heart? Will you be faithful to be discipled? Will you be faithful to one another? Will you hold other hands when they walk in this room? Will you look at them with eyes of care, of wanting them to encounter God in the midst of their, their struggle? Will you not look at the color of their skin, the way they're dressed? Will you not look at the way they act? Because sometimes people are coming in, as we, we're going to talk in the new series, they're emotionally shattered, like a little kid running with a glass and throwing it against the wall, and it's shattering. Unfixable. With anything you could say, and the only thing that could fix them or to restructure their life is an encounter with God. That's it. Amen. That's it. Let's all stand.